Yeah, so I, I had a preach actually lined up, um, and it just kind of changed at the gathering last night and this morning. So I've completely changed it up, um, which is good, because, you know, we want to follow the Holy Spirit and what He's doing and where He's moving. So if you want to give it a title, it's called Trusting God, His People, and His Church. Trusting God, His People, and His Church. So what I felt actually was... Um, just, and I, I think this is kind of the core of it, actually, is that um, in me, God has been doing this thing of uh, trust versus self-control and trusting my own strength. Like, there's been this big battle, and I'm sure we're all in that battle. We're somewhere along the journey where we're learning to trust God, but to trust God means we have to let go of our own understanding of how we see ourselves and how we see God, in fact, um, and that He's a good God and He wants good things for us. Because we think we know better than God, right? That's the sort of basic sin that happened in the Garden of Eden. We want to be like God. Um, and that's why, we, you know, Adam, he grabbed the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he wanted to know everything. He thought he could do a better job than God. And I think very much like Adam, we want to do, we think we can do a better job than God, right? I think most of us, we've tried that, but generally 99 out of 100 people have got a lot of scars because their life just became a complete mess. Huh? Or are you, are you guys, did, you, did it pan out well when you try to do it your way? I wanted to do it my way. Hey, what's that song? I wanted to do it my way. <laughs> and my way is normally the bad way. Okay. So we're on this journey to actually trust God with our lives and actually hand over. And the more we do it, the more we actually experience His peace and just His love and His incredible joy. And actually His fruitfulness as He comes through, as we remain tapped into Him. He's so faithful. So, yeah, I just, I think for me, that is just my personal journey is just to be really tapped into the presence of God. Because if we're not finding God's presence, we cannot, yeah, there's no ways we can do it in our own strength. We actually cannot live this life out, trying to do things and figure it out. I'm sure, I've, I know for myself, I'm way beyond my own ability right now. I'm doing things that are, like I'm stretched way beyond. If I'm not finding God, there's no ways I can handle life. Honestly, that's just me. And I know if I try, if I lose the presence of God and I try and grab onto things and control things myself, I go, it's not good. It's a bad, there's a bad Julian comes out. And my, you can ask my wife and my kids about that person. He's not a nice guy to be around. Hey? Um, and I think the same thing is for all of us. You know, we've got different areas of weakness, but when we're not finding God's presence, it's very difficult to reflect him. But we're in the, when we're in those situations and we reach out to him and find him, then things change and we actually learn to rely on God and say, God, you know what, in my flesh, I'm reacting in this situation, but actually, God, you've got another way for me to deal with this because I'm finding your presence. And in his, his presence, there really is fullness of joy. There's grace, there's peace to do all things. We can really do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. Hey? Okay, so that's just, that's just kind of the foundation I wanted to share on um, just my, out of my own life. And I'm going to kind of expand a bit on that. Um, sorry, I'm not even timing myself, but maybe I should just do that quickly. I know we started, we, we're a little bit behind, but that's all good. Um, so I'm just going to quickly swing that on. Okay, not the calculator. I always make that mistake. I don't know why. But let me just quickly start. Okay, cool. I think I'm four minutes in. All right, so, yeah, so, so just as I go into sharing what I'm going to share, um, there's a scripture, it's in Philippians 4 verse 8. Um, maybe we can stick it up on the board, 4 verse 8 to 9. Um, and I know, I know Wayne shared on, out of Philippians, and this is the one thing he actually didn't share on. 
And a testimony came through, I think it was in this week, um, and it actually was stirring us to actually think about things that are lovely. <clears throat> and maybe just a preface, I'm just going to keep that up on the board, but a preface to the scriptures. I was, having a, I was feeling really sorry for myself this week, and I was like, I'm back at work, and I'm doing work that sucks. I'm like, honestly, like, as a photographer, it's like pretty much, apart from photographing dead people in a morgue, it's like maybe one up from that. It's photographing kids at school, okay? So it's like, <laughs> like I said to Wayne, if times are tight, you know, you could go to the morgue and get paid to photograph corpses. But I mean, um, yeah, so anyway, but, but kids are, kids, kids are, they're, they're stretching. And I was feeling really, yeah, I just was feeling miff. And as I came up to the robot, you know, I was like, these people were, it was one of these sweltering hot days. It was in this week, I think. It was like maybe Tuesday or, but it was one of those boiling hot days. And these guys, they looked from Central Africa somewhere, I think Malawian, like pretty dark skin. So, I mean, they weren't built, well, I mean, they are built for the sun, but they obviously absorb a lot more heat than us white people. But, I mean, they just handle the sun. But they were full of joy. They didn't have a job. They were handing out flyers, you know, for looking for work. And they were just laughing and just having such a good time at the robot. And I thought... Here you are in your air-conditioned car, you white snob, and you are, you are just like, who are you? You know, like, you are actually, you're such a piece of rubbish, actually, because I, I have, I've got work, and like, who am I to be so miff about life? And these guys that are looking for work are full of joy. And I thought, you know what, I've actually missed the scripture. Actually, in that moment, I was like, a testimony came through later, and part of it was this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Yeah. Hey? Isn't it easy to not think about those things that are good and lovely? And that's why we're here tonight, is to hear the word. And I'd encourage you, as you hear these words you can follow me as I follow Christ. Like, I'm, I'm going to expose a lot of my weak areas, but honestly, it's God in me that you can follow. And you can follow the mics. You can follow the leaders in this church. We're fallible, but we are following God with our, our, our whole hearts. And we're endeavoring to do this. We're focusing our eyes on what is lovely and beautiful. So, all right, let me just, um, oh, my computer's gone to sleep. All right, there we go. All right, so you can, yeah, that, you can put that scripture away. All right, so, yeah, just to share a little about my weaknesses. And, yeah, I was really reminded this last week. Guys were praying for me for my ankle. And um, last Sunday, I was actually running in the morning. I was doing a little trail run. I don't know, I just had in my head that I've got to go and do some exercise. And we were at the elders' camp, and I found, I got until we, we drove up to a little place just outside Wellington, near Provence. It's a beautiful little um, Thorin and I have ridden our bikes there often, and there's a little single track, and we go down, went down a dip. I was right near the end, and I just wasn't focusing, and my, I turned my ankle over, and I was like, oh, man, like my ankle's twisted now. And I was like, this is seriously painful. Um, and, and luckily, it happened just before I was about to get back to the car. So stupidly, I ran home. I mean, I just twisted my ankle, but I thought, I'm just going to jog home because I don't want to miss breakfast. Anyhow, but I've been very aware of the weak areas of my life and how much... This pain in the ankle, I am trusting that it gets healed because we prayed for it. But if one little part of my body, body isn't working and it's in pain and it's injured, I know about it. It tells the rest of my body and it affects everything in my life. And I think for most of us or many of us, we have got weak areas. And like Abby was saying and we heard last night, 
it's not fun to expose those weak areas. I mean, some of our areas of our body that are sick and not well, it's not fun. You don't want to expose those things. It's embarrassing. And it's the same spiritually in our lives. Like when we're hitting valleys and challenges, to bring that into the light and actually say, hey, I'm struggling with this area. It's not easy, right? So I just want to share a little bit, just quickly a little bit about my um, story, and then I'm going to share out of that. Um, but I think this is really important for us. I think up front, even as elders, um, and sometimes people put you on a pedestal, you know, like, I mean, we've only been elders for like less than a year. And it's, I mean, it was tough becoming an elder. I mean, like, people don't just, I mean, guys who are elders here, they'll know what I'm talking about. But people, you know, they don't kind of, they see you as Julian, their friend, and suddenly now you're an elder. And the expectation just goes up like, you must be close to God. You know, you must be perfect. You know, there can't be many things wrong with you. But, you know, unfortunately, we, we are, you know, just because I became an elder, I didn't just suddenly become like Jesus overnight. And uh, <laughs> we're, still, we're still real people, you know. Um, I mean, it's a classic story, Andrew says. I mean, he, the one time he, he, he was at the shops and somebody that didn't know him, like, came up to him and he was buying a pie. And she just, like, stared at him and he's like, you eat? <laughs> she asked him that. Like, do you actually eat, you know? I mean, she thought he was such a holy man of God that, like, he wouldn't actually even need to eat the pie. So, I mean, like, we are, we are real people, you know? Um, so, <laughs> now, hopefully he didn't think that about me. I'm sure he never did. Um, so, yeah, just, just a little backstory quickly. I mean, I had, a, I had quite a hectic uh, story. Just, I mean, I have probably shared this before, just my own life. Um, I was very broken. I mean, I struggled with mental illness. I've I mean, I, at one point I ran away from home and ended up in Falkenberg. I mean, that was kind of like the very low point of my life. But I mean, coming out of that, I mean, I grew up in a normal home, had serious uh, challenge, challenges mentally later on in life, and I was broken. I promise you, I hit rock bottom, and I mean, I think quite a few, a few people, I can really relate to them when, not that you're on the streets, but you actually really, like, you've got nothing going for you. You've, like, lost everything, and... You know, that was me. Like, the fact that I'm standing up here is a miracle of God. But, you know, we've all got a story. And, and God uses us despite those weak things. But I think the, the key thing in my life, I know one of the key things that helped me was actually not to go, not to hide it under a table and go, you know what, I've got it all together. I don't need your help. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll try and figure it out on my own. I was quick to realize that actually I was very broken and I needed help and I needed healing. And um, even coming into church, coming into Josh Jen, even coming into leadership, like there were so many valleys in my life. Like, I mean, we, you know, in City Bowl, we actually, I mean, I, there were tons of times we went through these financial dips. I mean, Wayne will know about this, but I mean, we, I mean, I had to repent in front of other deacons. I was on the deacon team and we were getting into debt. We'd gone in and out of debt. I mean, lots of people have debt. Um, and it's not necessarily sin for certain things, but for what we were going into debt for, we weren't trusting God, you know, and we felt, we, well, one of the guys felt in God to actually challenge us and say, I mean, that's not nice to hear from another deacon. Hey, you know what, Julian, what you're doing is actually sinful. You need to actually make right in front of all the other deacons here and, and actually repent because what you're doing right now isn't honoring God. Hey, that's not that nice to hear. <laughs> But you know what? I took that on board. I mean, it was really difficult. I've struggled with my flesh. And I was like, yes, this is like, this is not easy to hear. Like this other guy, I'm the, I lead this deacon team. Like who's this other snort cop? He's younger than me. And he's telling me that I can't actually be in debt. And I was like, I really, honestly, I, str I like wrestled with it. I think it took me like a good few minutes 
I don't even know if, I think at that meeting, I don't even know if I repented, but I had to go, you know what, God, what he's saying is right. I'm actually going to humble myself and make right in front of these other men. Because that's why I'd call them together. I'd actually call them together for, at five o'clock for like a week. I said, I'm going to get all the deacons together and we're going to actually talk and be real and we're going to pray together. And it was incredible. It was probably like a life-changing. Most of those deacons have gone on to become elders and lead churches and they've like really counted for God. But we got serious with God and we got serious with, and honest with one another. And we were like, you know what? We're actually going to be, we're going to play open cards here and we're not going to mess around because we want God to heal us and to set us free. And we want to look more like Jesus. And that's the heart of it, guys. That's why, that's why we're here in church. We're not here to come and listen to a cool preach um, to drink lacquer coffee afterwards and just have a nice lifestyle in Musenberg. We're here because we want to reflect Jesus and we want him to work in us and for him to take over more and more of our hearts. And yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's incredible what God's done. It's actually, um, I mean, even coming onto the eldership team, I mean, there were times Dylan, I mean, Dylan even, he's, he burst into our home about, a, I got, it was about in 2010, I think we'd just moved to Musenberg. We'd moved about three times. So we were under a lot of stress. I mean, things were hectic. Like coming out of COVID, we were hitting the wall financially. Things were popping. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys moved, but moving is probably like the most stressful thing in your life, okay? And, um, but God used that move and that stress of COVID and the stress of having no money um, to really bring things to the surface and deal with those things. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it was difficult. Like, Dill spoke to me like really, I mean, we, we've, we've got a good relationship, but it was tough love. You know, it's like you need to actually, you need to stop what you're doing. It's not helpful in your marriage. It's not, you need to stop this. Actually disqualifying you from becoming an elder. And it was the area of self-control and, and getting angry. And um, it's still something that I'm working on. I'm not perfect yet, but it's something that I had to gain victory in in order to become an elder. Because it says an elder is, it gives a list in the Bible for all those qualifications that you need to be. So... Um, yeah, so I mean, what a, I mean, it's not, it's not easy, but, you know, he worked through a book called um, Uprooting Anger. We sat down and we worked through that thing. And you guys might also have, you, you know, you might have had some of those conversations with Dylan and with myself and with Mike, Craig, one of the leaders here, even your comm group leader. And I want to encourage you, let God do those things through people because as you trust God, so you can trust his leaders and his church and those that are over us in the Lord in a good way, in a way that the reason we're here to lead is we are those that are, we lead humbly. We are also fallible humans. We also need help. But in, we've gained victory and we're stable and we mature in God, most of us. We are on that journey of maturation, but we can bring you into what God has got for you. If you would allow it and actually say, okay, you know what, I'm actually going to devote myself to this body. I'm going to trust people. I'm actually going to give you my trust. Um, and so can, can we... Can we do that, guys? It's, it's, it's not a, um, it really goes against what we see around us. It flies in the face of what's out there. I mean, if you look at all the billboards, it's all about me, 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 and my life. And, you know, when people, even to have that conversation, it's very difficult to be honest with people and actually shoot straight. But I, I would challenge you and ask you guys, invite that in, because I've seen in my own life, like the fruit of that, and actually the, where I think of where I've been so broken and to actually leading a family and bringing up two boys to where they are now, I promise you, that is the grace of God. And to have a family, I mean, to have a wife and a marriage that's, I mean, like in the early days of our marriage, honestly, like, <laughs> like we, I mean, we, I mean, I remember holding Shant's 
Hey, I mean, you don't mind if I share this, I'm sure. I mean, I remember holding her down on the ground, and she was, I mean, she was going nuts. She was, I mean, she'd come out of an abusive relationship. I mean, just to give you a bit of context, she'd come out of an abusive relationship. The person that, I mean, she was involved, I mean, that's how she got saved into Josh Jen. I'm sure she's, she, you guys, some of you know her story, but she got saved out of an unsaved guy being in, in a physical relationship with, her, with this guy. And she was abused physically and mentally, and she didn't trust. So when I came into her life, this example of a godly man, her picture was one of this, of abuse. So when I exercised authority in a good way, in a loving way, she, she rebelled and she, she fought against it. So she, I mean, at one stage, she was ready to pack her bags, and I was literally, she was scratching me, lying on, she was on the ground, like, trying to scratch me and tell me, like, I'm leaving now, that's it. <laughs> This marriage, it's over. But you know what? Like God, it was other deacons that sat with us and said, you know what, Jules, you've got to lead your family. You actually have to lead Chantal lovingly. And Shans, you need to submit to Jules. It was those tough conversations that actually rescued our marriage. If we didn't sit down and have, in, have those conversations, we wouldn't be here today. So, um, so I really want to encourage you guys. Like, it's really, it's difficult. It takes a lot of humility. We've got to put pride in our pockets. But you know what? It is so worth it because one day, like Abby was saying, everything's going to be exposed. God's going to bring all of this stuff to light. And rather now on earth, while we've got opportunity before that day when he's going to say, what did you do with your life? And we've got, we've got an incredible community. We've got a place that we can actually do this. And that's his church. That's the answer. So, um, sorry, I'm just, um, I knew I was going to go completely off my notes here. <laughs> But I'm just sharing from my heart, and I hope you hear that um, it's what's on God's heart for us is that I really believe it's a year of being vulnerable and actually showing our bad sides um, to one another, to people that are struggling in the congregation. And, and so I want, to invite, I want to ask you to actually commit to doing that, to going, you know what, actually, even though it's very scary, I'm going to actually allow you, Jesus, to start working through other people, through leaders. So when people do come up to you and say, how's it going, don't always show them the good side. It's easy to do. Ask, if, you, if they think they're doing really well, maybe ask their kids how they're doing. Or their wife or their husband and ask them, hey, like, how's, you know, how's Chris uh, or, yeah, or whoever? I'm just trying to think of a good example. Blake, Blake and Michelle. <laughs> like, if Blake said, yeah, no, everything's cool. Maybe I should ask Michelle, like, how's Blake doing? You know, how, is it really going well there at the, at the home in the marriage, you know? And, and to get a better picture. So... And we, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to catch you guys out. It's be, and it's not like we want to show ourselves as better than you. It's because we love you guys and we want, you know, that's what shepherds do. They take care of the sheep. They look after the one. They go after those that are hurting and lost. And they, and they bring, you know, you know, it's that picture of actually the broken sheep actually picking it up and holding it and carrying it. And we're going to do that. We're going to walk with you guys through thick and thin. It might take your whole life. But honestly, if I'm in this church till the day I die, that's cool. And if I have to walk with people, I mean, I've already walked with some guys that aren't here tonight for like 10, I don't know, 10 years. And I mean, I'm still, there's still lots of issues, but it doesn't mean that we should run away from them. Even if the sheep bite us, that's cool. We're going to still keep loving you guys. You can bite us hard. <laughs> we're going to just keep loving you back. Okay. And if we're not loving you, please tell us because we want to we reflect Jesus well in this. Um, all right, so in, in Acts, Acts 20, verse 28, we can, we can stick that up on the board. 
It says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. So God's actually, he's delegated this authority and this responsibility. The reason why we are, we are elders and deacons and there's leaders in this church is that we want to, we're looking after you guys. We actually, Jesus bought you with his, we, you are precious as a sheep in this church to Jesus. And we want to bring you into everything that God has got for you. He's handed that responsibility over to us in a sense. So yeah, we, we are those that are, we actually looking over our shoulders and going like, how are you guys doing? What's, where are you at? We want to we wanna help you walk in those things. And we all need that help, eh? Okay. And it takes time, you know, and I, I think that's one of the things I just wanted to challenge you guys and encourage you on is that it's going to take time to get to know us. We're still in early church it's, an, it's a new church plant. We've only been going for about two years. I mean, I don't know everyone here, but let's be those that are, if you're in this church for a while, let's be those that are actually pulling others in, getting to know new people. We're inviting some guys around tonight, but, you know, invite people into your home. Go do fun stuff together. Just go and go have a job. Go and do, don't always sit and have coffee and talk about spiritual things. Like go and, like we went with Carl and Lynn and we went to the Naval Museum with Joel and we just had fun. I mean, there's so many cool ideas to, do, to build friendship and be creative. Um, you could take your dog to the, walk for, to, dog to, to the beach for a walk. Um, <laughs> you could, I mean, I've gone shopping with people. You can go fix your house together. Um, you can, I mean, seriously, go shopping together if you haven't got time. Like, just think of your day and just think of how you can include people in on the journey and actually just build relationship. You can help other people. You can go on a road trip together. You can get somebody to chauffeur you, like Thorin chauffeurs me. Yeah. Huh? Swim together. You can, yeah, you can help other people with their finances. You can make things for people. People got all sorts of other skills in this house. I mean, Rod can house it for you. Um, <laughs> I know that it's hanging out together. But, um, yeah, you know what I mean? But, like, just think of other ways of actually building relationships and staying, uh, hanging out together. I mean, you can also do quiet times together. You can worship together, obviously pray, spend time together, build, build family. Okay. So, yeah, man. And it's just this picture of the church. And that's the thing I really want to leave, with, leave you with just to kind of end it off. And, and Andrew did speak about this, but I think it's worth repeating and just kind of bringing it into land on this is that, you know, I, I mean, Jeff said something interesting. He said, you know, people in more traditional churches, they go to church, they often think of going to church like an event. Have some of you maybe thought of that? Maybe you've come out of churches that are, like you go to church on a, you come there at nine o'clock, you rock up, you do your hour, and then you've like ticked the box and you've spent time with God, with his people in his church, and you go home. But guys, guess what? We are the church. This is the church of Jesus Christ. The, it's not the building and the meeting. It's actually us meeting together with Christ. Um, and it's a, play, it's a family where Jesus designed that you come in, like the guys that we're still getting to know, like the Chris's and Jess, um, Sean and Chantal. There's somebody new at the back there, which is super cool. We'll get to know you. <laughs> um, oh, is this Stacy? Ah, yes, awesome. That is awesome that you are here. Okay. So, yeah, that's somebody that somebody actually loved, just a testimony on this. I think they met you on the street out here somewhere. Um, somebody from Stellenbosch, Josh Jen, and they actually invited in, and she's here tonight. So that's an opportunity, guys. Sorry, I'm just um, highlighting you, because you're one of the people that we're talking about, is that God is sending in the lonely, the hurting, those that we don't know yet, that aren't part of the 
crew, aren't part of the family, but we want to invite them in. We don't want to remain in our cliques, okay? So, yeah, Matthew 18 says there, 18 verse 12, you can stick that up. And I'm going to race through the last, last little bit. All right, it says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And there might be ones that have wandered off, maybe even tonight. You've noticed other guys here in your community or people you're walking around with. Are they wandering off? Are they struggling? Go and chase them down this week. Go find them and say, hey, how are you doing? Or give them a phone call. Can I come visit you? Let's go walk on the beach or walk a mountain or cycle or make ice cream together. I don't know. Let's just hang out and get to know each other. Like, how's it really going? And ask those tough questions, okay? And it's going to take time, guys. It's going to take time for that to happen, for guys to become part of our family. But we need to be looking out for that one, especially on a Sunday. Because if we want to reach this place, like we've prayed, I think guys, at the beginning of the year, we said, what are we trusting God for is Musenberg? We want to see thousands of people getting added. But guess what? It's not always going to happen like that in the book of Acts. It might. It might. But guess what? One person visited tonight. Are we going to be faithful with the person that's right at the back there? Or other people that might be visited once, twice, three, four times. Are we going to actually push through? Because like Ozzy said last night, it took five years for him to actually get slotted into a family. So let's not be quick in giving up. Let's actually chase down people with God's love. Okay. That's awesome, man. So guys, yeah, it's actually... It's so worth it. I mean, if I think of my own life, and if people hadn't loved me, like, what, what would my life have looked like, really? Like, what would have it looked like? Think of the people that actually loved you into church, actually how you became a Christian, how you got to know Jesus. Like, you can think of those people that were keen actually bringing you into God's family. And as that has been done to you, we get the opportunity to actually love others into family. So I really want to urge you, and, you know, maybe you're not... Maybe you haven't com- completely thrown yourself in. Maybe you haven't totally said, you know what, I actually want to go all in here. We're not, unfortunately, guys, we're not that type of church where you're just going to hide away and sit at a, in a pew and people are just going to, like, you're going to drift in and out. That's just not going to happen here. If you're looking for a church like that, there's probably lots of other churches around in Musenberg or around Cape Town where you could just cruise in and cruise out. But unfortunately, guys, we, we're not that kind of church. And I say that... Oh, fortunately, yeah, fortunately, yeah. <laughs> fortunately, yeah, we are not that kind of church because we care about the one. And we care, so yeah, it's very good. It's fortunate because that's scary, guys. If you can come out of a church and people don't even notice that you've gone, if you've left a church, that is scary. That's an indictment on the people that are eldering and shepherding. They, they, I mean, I'm not judging them, but I'm saying like, God one day is going to say, what did you do? And it's scary for me as a shepherd in this church. Like, I've got to check my own heart. Am I actually checking out for you guys? Am I, is that my priority in life? Or is it just building a nice beach house and a nice empire in, in, in Amberley Road, you know, with my wife and just surfing and enjoying the beach? Is that my priority? Or is it actually you guys? Like, is it the people that have bought at Jesus with his blood for, for his service, you know? So... Yeah, man, and the answer is, like, why are we doing it? This is the big question, like, why are we doing this? So when I am coming into land, I think I have been about half an hour. Um, why? Anybody got an idea? Why are we doing this? Because we love Jesus. 
and also because we love his church. Because Ephesians 3 verse 10, I don't, know, I don't think it's on, I don't think I've given it to you guys, but it's through the church that this world is going to change. Like salvation has come, Jesus has come, he's died on a cross to set us free and bring, and he's, he's paid a high price for our sin to give us freedom so that we might not go to hell, that we might know him, that we might have a relationship with him. But it's through his church that the manifold wisdom of God um, should be made known to the rulers and authorities of this in the heavenly realms. Hey, it's through the church. This is God's vehicle, guys. It's in, like Andrew's passionate about it. I'm also passionate. I love his church. And this is the answer to a world that is going to hell. When we bring people in here, we, this is the answer to get people, my friends that are unsaved, if I could get them into church and they could see how awesome it is, they would be radically different. They just got a bad picture of church. But we might have to invite them, you know, to a family, a braai or a dinner. We might have to slowly soften them up and bring them in. We might, they might not come to church, but we've got to think of things and ways to actually bring them in because that's how Musenberg's going to change. And it's not going to change like 100 people at a time. It's going to change with the Stacys and the one person at a time visiting, Chris, Jess, people who are on the fringes actually getting pulled into family. So, and the answer is us, guys. It's me. It's Julian Goldswain. It's myself, me, and my family. It's you guys. It's not other people. It's not Julian the evangelist. Oh, he's going to take care of all those new people. No, it's going to be us taking responsibility and saying, God, I'm all in. I'm devoted. Okay, so I want to ask you that. Can we, maybe we should pray and we, I'm, I'm going to ask you this as we, as we wrap it up. Amen. Awesome.